What is up, everybody? Welcome to a live Run Your Mouth podcast. Round of applause for everyone who's hanging out with us today. Make some noise. Fuck yeah. We are out in Mexico, thanks to Johnny from Peddling Fiction Podcast, who is wanted in the United States, so he moved his operation that here. That's correct. I am wanted at least two states. Yeah, what, what, what the crimes? The ones. Wisconsin and Illinois. Okay. And what, what did you do that uh, you had to flee? I'm not going to talk about that on camera. You got to eat that mic because I'm, I'm loud. Oh, okay. Well, it had nothing to do with all the underage girls you were talking about earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I just tax evasion. <laughs> just tax evasion. I haven't paid taxes in a really long time, so I got that going for me. So this is my first time in Mexico, but uh, one discovery I have made that I will pay forward to anybody out there who's thinking about coming to Mexico, uh, and that is you do not need to buy cocaine on the beach. You can very easily just buy Ritalin from any pharmacy. Boom. Yes. And at least that's regulated. <laughs> like the, I've never gotten good cocaine in Mexico. How is that possible? You would think that the cocaine well, in Mexico was I, I, way it's better. It's usually like I'm just in a cab and it's like the last second. I'm like, hey, we're going to a strip club. You have any cocaine? And the guy's like, yeah, I got something. And he like pulls it out of his sock or some shit. Is this the subscriber's only bonus? Yes. <laughs> hey, oh, <laughs> you had your two minutes. Sh- sit down. Shut up over there, Lions of Liberty. <laughs> yeah, no. The, the cocaine is so shockingly bad, but you can just go to the pharmacy and they will sell you everything under the sun. I got a hot take, which is I, I don't love Coke. I would, I would, I, I'll prefer Ritalin over Adderall any day. Well, are you snorting these things or you're just ingesting it? No, you chew it, you take it with some Red Bull and you drink. Yeah, like, well, right before we started, I took mine with like a shot of whiskey. I didn't see how you took yours. How do you take your Ritalin? <laughs> Ritalin's only fun if you're not prescribed it, you've obtained it illegally and you're drinking. That's what makes that work. Ah, okay. Hey, can you guys shut the fuck up back there? I don't know who's talking. I feel like we did a whole comedy show. Yeah. I can't really expect people to I, now. I, no, I think I get to yell at people now. Yeah, Johnny, lose it. You've been chill Shut all day. Up. Yeah. Somebody's super loud. And now I get the noise complaints from everybody else in the building. Johnny, you're, you're a very chill guy. When you lose your shit, do I you lose am, your shit? Yeah. I'm chill until you get... I mean... I'm half Irish, half Italian, so it's right. like, look out when the temper actually, you get my Irish up, we got problems. Now this, this is incredible, because I've done hell gigs in bars, and this feels like I'm yelling over an entire bar. Yeah. Dude, no, 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 hang on. Dude, what the fuck are you guys talking about back there? Seriously, hey. Ellie, you're killing me over here. I love you, but it's really loud. Okay. Complete silent. There you go, we got Johnny. All this on tape. Round of applause for Johnny for stepping the fuck up right there. Laying it down. All right. Dude, honestly, though, I thought your fucking stand up was phenomenal. Like, you, you always get worried that, like, you don't want to meet your heroes. 
okay. You can call me that. It made yeah, me feel good for a second. Yeah, yeah. Please. But, like, you get worried. Like, I think this is going to be funny. Is everybody else going to think it's going to be funny? And when you told me you had to have a screen for it. I know. I felt like a cunt when I had to say that. Yeah. I become I like, a prop comedian. You think <laughs> I like that I have to go places and make demands for what I need to perform? Dude, as soon as you were just like, but the I have COVID thing and then Nancy Pelosi blowing the horse, I was sold. I was, I was dying. By the way, for anyone at home watching this, I actually have footage of Nancy Pelosi blowing a horse. Uh, It's from the private footage, the people that invaded the Capitol building on January 6th. It was not a wasted endeavor. They got the footage of Nancy Pelosi blowing horses. It's a ritual she does before she gives the money to her husband to go invest in things. Uh, And it's before she has the baby blood. You need horse semen deep down your throat to ready your body for the baby blood. So I'm just letting you know, if you show up to one of my end of year events, it's the only place you'll be able to see the exclusive footage of Nancy Pelosi buying, blowing horses. So buy your tickets. Okay, so also, by the way, it's, uh, it, let's be honest, it's oddly erotic. She's pretty good at blowing a horse. I was surprised. I mean, she's been in Congress for what, 75 years? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I do have a couple questions though. What's your search history looking like after putting the slideshow together? Uh, the guy jerking off, like the Greek god jerking off. I <laughs> uh, I definitely okay. How many lists are you on? The worst moments I've had with this is I've been on flights. I have a joke on here about uh, Harvey Weinstein. I uh, be basically it's a rape joke and I spent three hours on a plane ride trying to figure out that joke seated next to the nicest middle-class white lady you've ever seen and you've never seen someone with more horrified eyes like and not only that I've even like tried to memorize this shit on planes just going through the slides and I could see people looking around like what the fuck presentation is this guy making <laughs> So I would say that's been the worst of me working on this is just no shame on planes working on it. And clearly people are looking around like what? There was one plane ride where some lady was literally just staring at me the entire plane ride, like trying to even figure out how it was possible that a human being could be sitting on a plane working on an academic presentation (laughs) that included uh, that COVID's not real and that Nancy Pelosi blows horses. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, my only complaint is you didn't drop a Nancy Pelosi picture blowing a horse at, like, the very end. Right. You should know, I should, I should call it back. Yeah. By the way, what's funny is you guys actually like that joke. I've done that a couple times where audiences were so weirded out by it. And, I, and then I start pretending like that's the entire act from there. Is like, I, I, like, there's no other topic for the rest of the show. So you might as well start enjoying it because it's going to be 40 minutes of that slide. <laughs> okay. It should have been a donkey. You know what? Maybe for next year. We'll see. Maybe we'll bring it back. She's working her way up to the donkey. Yeah. (laughs) Well, okay. So the other thing that I fucking absolutely loved that I thought you hit the nail on the head was go fuck yourself. Or like... We're giving away my whole shit now, dude. People are... uh, All right. No, no, no. It's okay. okay. But like not enough people get told to fuck off enough. And I, I think people are, especially with the mask stuff, you know, they get, they think they can bitch at you from a distance and there's no repercussions. You just give them a nice fuck off and you catch them completely off guard. They have no idea. They think you're going to reach into your pocket and like, oh, I'm so sorry, man. No, no, no. Fuck off. 
Give him a good, give him a good fuck off. Very underrated. I, when I first got back from Mexico, this was last year, I was here for like a month and a half. I hadn't been back in Chicago for a while. It was two o'clock. And by the way, you have a mysterious enough look where you might be like, hey, I think I just pissed off an arms dealer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why this guy's in Mexico. If he's telling me to fuck off, I better shut the hell up. Yeah. And well, also, you're too small to be telling people to shut the fuck up. So <laughs> if you're doing it, they must be like, oh, shit, he must First have some all, muscle. How dare you? <laughs> I'm huge. I am By tremendously way, huge. I'm, I, I, <laughs> it's, Believe it, me. <laughs> it's hilarious for me to say that to a person maybe an inch taller than me. <laughs> yeah, dude, I've been towering over you all day. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait, that you're the muscle? No, I'm a runt. I don't know. What does that mean? He's also shorter than me. I'm the shortest guy here. You're a fucking giant, dude. He was like, he was congratulating me. Yeah. Oh my God, why are you putting that out there? I hope the mic's not picking that up. Yeah. This guy's putting it out there no, no, that no. I came to Mexico for an Aryan Nation <laughs> event. No, everybody's just thinking of Autumn because she's like a six foot two blonde. And they're like, oh, you got like a bunch of tall girls here. I was like, I got one tall girl here. She's six two, blonde. Yeah. All right. You got a lot of work to do, Autumn. Uh, no, but so I'm in the parking garage. It's like two o'clock in the morning. I'm walking a dog and this lady from across the way is like, oh, you got to have your mask on. Like you got to wear your mask everywhere in the building. A, a, a 2 a.m. Karen. Unbelievable. And I just gave her, I, I, like, I, I just gotten off of a plane. I flew back from Mexico. I had a connection. It was like, I was very angry. I was in a bad mood. And I literally, like, I didn't even think about it. I was just like, Fuck off. Fuck off. And she just like did one of these like pearl clutching things. And it, that, that was it. And I felt great about it. <laughs> but it, 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 it honestly, it needs to happen more often. People think that they can just boss everybody around. Like get, get other people to do what you think they should be doing because you say they're, they're supposed to do it. No, no, no. Fuck off. How about that? That too. Okay. Yeah. I mean, how many people have you killed? Because you have. <laughs> I've, lot, I've murdered people, boss energy, <laughs> even more than Johnny. <laughs> she's she's close. Yeah. Uh. All right, Johnny. Yeah. I was I was reluctant to take this gig. The second I agreed to it, I was terrified. I procrastinated getting my passport. I finally took care of it, and then I looked at the flight times, and I was like, holy shit, it's an eight-hour flight, I'm going to die. I made other arrangements to do stopover cities so I wouldn't have to come direct. And then the week leading up to this, the messages I got from people not to come here was like, dude, they're like, if you shower in the water, you're going to be sick. They were like, <laughs> they're like, the entire, you're gonna, they're like, you're going to get off the plane, and people are just going to take your kidneys on the spot. Like, so I, I, a couple questions. My first question is, why, like, why Mexico? What, what, what brought us here? Okay, well, I, I've, I have been here for about a year and a half. So I, I've been here for... The, the thing I like most about Mexico is that you can just do stuff that you would normally do without thinking about it. Like, I just take my... If I had a dog, sometimes I'm dog sitting. But you just take your dog to the beach. It's not like a special dog beach where you get a permit. You got to go down to City Hall, pull a fucking permit. I, every time I hop in an Uber, 
I have a drink. Yeah. I'm just drinking. Like, can't, like that's the Uber driver is too. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, dude. I just I walk around with a drink. I, I do this. I do that. And like, it took me like a couple months to be like, can I? Is it okay if I do this? If it's okay if I get on the bus with like a, you know, a metric ton of fucking tequila? It's absolutely okay. Nobody gives a shit. And I will say the second I got off the plane, there is a flavor of chaos in a good way where you can tell that, like you said, no one gives a shit. Yeah. You, there's tangible freedom when you get here. Right. right. So, I mean, my, my thing is like the beach, right? The beach is the ultimate expression of freedom. It's like ocean as far as the eye can see. Like it should just be whatever you want to do. You do it on the beach. Throw the frisbee, throw the football, have a bonfire, bring your dog, play football like point break. You just do it on the beach. And all of that shit is like against the rules in the US. Like they they got There are like, beaches you can't park near. Yeah. Like it is it is on lockdown. Yeah. And and when they had lockdowns here, when they actually did it, we were just having bonfires on the beach all night long. Just getting you know, sitting around, 10, 15 people, booze, fire ocean stars I, I don't know man it's just it just feels right and you don't have to worry about anything so what's the with the not having to worry so all the news you kind of get out of this country is that people are trying to cross the borders in droves because there's no economic like and that the uh, you know people are being kidnapped and that the uh, cartel is crazy now, I've already experienced this because I spent two years in Israel, and when we went there, you know, the news here, you're like, you'll never survive out there. Don't take buses. Everyone's trying to yeah. kill you. It's, and then you're there, and you live, and it's chill, and there's dude, no issues, and you meet Palestinians, and it's not a problem. Right. So I, I've, I'm already used to also, like, when I, when I lived in Washington, everyone's telling me it's most dangerous. So I'm very used to people reporting, hey, this is dangerous. Don't go there, and it's fine. It, it's the same reports that you're reading about, like, coronavirus. It's just they're talking about the cartel now. Like, they're so full of shit, dude. I, I have done more stupid shit in Mexico, I, like walking around at 3 o'clock in the morning. I shouldn't be by myself. I feel so much safer here than in Chicago. Are you, like, the transients, round of applause if you feel safer in Mexico than wherever you lived in the States. Boom. Yeah. No, but, like, honestly, all the reporting that you're hearing, is this, it's the same reporting that you hear on everything else, and right. they're just like completely full of shit. Just total almost, bullshit. almost completely. Like there are different parts of Mexico where the cartels are fighting for territory, and it's like the south side of Chicago where they're they're fighting over turf or something like that. But when they got the state locked down, like they do in Jalisco, it's I, I know we're in Nayarit now too, but uh, it, it's fine. Do we have to change the battery? No, no. Yeah. I just wanted okay. to make sure we're recording because yeah. if you knew how many live podcasts I've done and just <laughs> right. fucked up the tech on. <laughs> That's what happens late at night when you're drinking and taking a Ritalin. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, but it's like, dude, the, the cartel does a very good job of uh, knowing where their bread is buttered, and they're not going to let uh, people fuck with the gringos. Right. All right, let's talk about, uh, we do like talking the news on the show. I know you're from Chicago. Yeah. Jesse Smollett just got uh, convicted. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. guilty. Speaking of like... I'm, by the way, I'm surprised that the verdict didn't just come back and, well, he's gay. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm almost surprised that this even went to trial. Like, it's shocking what he did, and it's shocking that he thought he would get away with it. And now it's shocking that, like, newspapers are trying to be like, hey, it's no big deal. He already served his time by, like, you know, basically be getting in trouble for it. But, it, like, it was a big deal that some dude tried to... 
claimed that he was being lynched just for being black. Dude. I hand it to you as a resident of Chicago. Okay. Yeah, like, okay. I, I have a lot of fucking problems. First of all, talk about bad news stories. This was like, it was so easy to call bullshit on this. It was 45 degrees below zero. It was the middle of February. He was going to Subway or something. And like an actor's eating Subway, right? That guy's like, got to keep his asshole clean. He's not eating Subway. Probably not. <laughs> I don't know, but he's like, you think you get like hotel service, uh, yeah, room service or something? Right off the bat, you're like, you're too rich for Subway. I don't yes. buy this. Yeah, you're you're a star on this big show, the record show. I forget what it's called, whatever the fuck it is. But dude, it was so goddamn cold. Like I actually got time off of work. They're like, it's too cold. Don't that happens in, in Chicago. It's too cold to work. It does when it's 45 degrees below zero. Like you go outside and you breathe through your nose and everything just like freezes. And they give you 10, 15 minutes before you get frostbite. And so they're like, yeah, don't. We're, we're not coming in. It's too cold. It rarely happens. And this guy was like walking around at 2.30 in the morning getting a... Dude, first of all, I mean, you're a sandwich guy. <laughs> When was the last time anybody had Subway voluntarily? <laughs> I mean, like, I, I, I think I was, like, on a school field trip or something, and they forced it down me. I, it's fucking terrible. It's not even... I mean, they have bread, and then they have, like, microwave chicken. <laughs> I don't know what else. But so I was calling bullshit on this story immediately. I was like, this is ridiculous. And he's walking around with, like, this string around his neck, and he didn't want to call the cops because he didn't trust them. And he goes to the, I was like, dude, this, of all the stories, this was like the, the one that sticks in my head is like complete bullshit. And lo and behold, complete bullshit. So he doesn't back down on it. That was the other. He's Balls still. of steel, dude. Dude, he's still sticking to the story. And like the, we, we shot holes in it. Like the guys have come forward. Like, yeah, he paid me to like do all this shit. And he's still trying at trial to get away with it. And the media, yeah, the media is just, they're, they're fucking, they're the enemy of the people. Like the one thing that was that, that was Trump, right? Media is the enemy of the people. I thought it was a malice line. Was that Michael Malice? Michael Malice loves That's drugs for you, confu- confusing malice with Trump. <laughs> that's that's that was, the proof of the glory of totally Ritalin. totally planned, yeah. The corporate press is the enemy of the people. Mainstream media, I mean. Sorry, Michael Malice. Uh, yeah, but like he's still trying to Ethan get away Mike, with Ethan it. Mike. Yeah, he's still trying to get away with the fact that. Oh yeah, none of that. Like I was abused. He had a cut over his eye, or like some of this other shit. I don't know, dude. Everything this guy said was complete bullshit, and the media ran with it like they ran with every other fucking story. Like they run with the cartel stuff that they freak you out. It's all complete bullshit, and nothing embodies how corrupt and bad the the corporate press is than that story in my mind like everybody wants that story like that like he came up with it because like oh the you know the uh demand for racism doesn't meet the supply like it's just not there mega country in downtown chicago at 2 30 in the morning is not a thing like chicago's a blue fucking city like everybody's a fucking democrat they lock that shit down and he's walking around 2.30, like, I don't, what did he, like, dream this up? He came up with this whole thing. Oh, they're going to, 
and he got a string. It I don't know, like, I was, every time I talk about it, I'm just like, wait, what is he doing? He's like, he went to the store and bought like some twine that you'd, like some girl would wrap, like the eat, pray, love chick would wrap around a, a, one of those mason jar things, you know? And he put that around his neck and he's like, oh, MAGA country. Like a kid trying autoerotic asphyxiation for the first time. <laughs> Just getting some bad that. twine. <laughs> oh, you never been there? All right, let's move on. <laughs> that, I mean, that's, that's happening tomorrow. That's part of the, Oh, that's tomorrow's event? Yeah. yeah I yeah. missed out on having a spotter? Well, we were waiting for you to leave. You told me you had like a 1230 <laughs> flight. Yeah, the Sadomasochist kids thing, that's like 135. All right, I think that's a great transition point. So let's hear it for Johnny from Peddling Fiction. Clap it up for him. Thank you. And so on that note, as you say that this is one of the worst media stories in the extent that they lied, I want to invite Dude. Buck onto the show. Let's yes. hear a warm welcome. Let's clap it up. this for guy. Buck. All right, all right, all right. work out or like I do they have they, they have steroids down wow, at the yeah. uh I like how he, he didn't even wait for the show to be over to hit on you he's like no man shit. you working out what's going yeah, on here I know. You, you put one rule in this guy we, and, uh, we've got an agreement of what what I'm getting paid I got you so he was talking about that Jesse Smollett's one of the worst stories we've seen yet and I know one of your themes is that we're in this new emperor wears no clothes situation where everyone is at peak delusion of reality. Yeah. So lay it on us. Give us this theory. Well, it's not that everyone is. It's that the narrative is so different from reality. And I think probably people like us in this room have always seen that for a long time. But it's so nuts now, like the Jesse Smollett thing, the COVID year. You could name over and over and over and over again. Uh, the Kyle Rittenhouse thing, I thought the reporting on that was, was kind of um, peak of this stuff. But normal people, my parents, you know, I kind of use that as the litmus test, the gauge of normies. Normal people are looking at CNN, MSNBC, and, and then looking outside, and it's starting to finally click like, Wait a this second. is not even real. And, you know, to us, of course, we're like, well, yeah, of course, they hate you. This is a, you know, this is a war on, on us. But I think it's helpful, and, and this is not an accelerationist argument, so to speak, but I like, as things get crazier and crazier, I like it to show up that way because I want normal folks to go, all right, eight jabs? Is that what this is requiring? You know, it's as... as Wait, Kamala Harris is going to take over? As things get crazier and crazier, I think it helps our cause. No, I think you're right, but sometimes it amazes me that people don't wake up to it. And so, partly, look at the vaccine story. We, from the outset, have been looking at this vaccine thing, and we're like, this thing's bullshit. Now, the original lie was it's safe and effective, right? Then all, that was the original lie, safe and effective. And it actually works. It didn't take that long before that transition to, hey, you're still gonna get COVID and you can still spread COVID, but you're not gonna get dangerously ill. Now off the bat, I don't know how more people didn't go, well, you lied to me, right? Right. More, like even my, my, my dad, my dad to me is my limit. Yeah, my, yeah. my dad's open, like super open to a lot of stuff, really smart Jew lawyer guy. Like you can <laughs> right. argue with him on stuff and like he'll hear you out. 
and I, I like I, I've, I've changed his mind on uh, like a few topics. Um, but this is aren't those breakthroughs nice when you're? Oh, I, I've yes. changed my dad's mind like four times. What were the topics? Ron Paul was the biggest. Hell one. yeah! When when I read the Austin Chronicle in 2007, it's a liberal rag, a, a music rag, and the politics section, which was filled with socialism all the time. Ron Paul will throw his hat in the ring for his name and the whatever. How, how's that saying go? Uh, for the Republican nominee. And I was like, what? And I knew who he was for years because I was in, in Texas. And I called my dad. Dad, Ron Paul's going to run for the Republican nomination. He's crazy. He's not going to get it. And I was so blue-pilled at the time. I was like, oh, no, he's going to win. He's the ultimate conservative. Why would they not vote for him? Fox News is going to love him. Uh, and then, yeah. But a year, a year ago or so, I had Ron Paul on my show, and my dad posted it on Facebook and said, I'm so proud of my son for having this. And I didn't always agree with Ron Paul, but I have to admit he was right on everything. That's fucking awesome. And I was like... I'm almost tearing up now, right, saying this. I was like, oh, wow, a compliment from my dad admitting maybe I was right. So you've, you've dealt with this. I, I mean, on a couple topics, I think one of the big ones was uh, at one point we were having a big family argument about uh, gun control. And he kept trying to go with the line, well, we need reasonable gun control. And I was like, well, how do you define that and how do you define the enforcement? I was like, even the phrase reasonable is a categorization, right? That is commentary. And how do you introduce it? Later on, he he got like he now owns a gun and he's super into it, and so that just changed his mind on the topic. Mm -hmm. uh, which is all it takes is having to actually interact with government and yes. realizing like, hey, I want this thing. They're telling me I can't do it. Yes. Because Connecticut's actually not like a great state for uh, for owning guns. Right. It's not like Texas where you can just walk into a store, get it with milk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is it that easy? In, in Texas, Texas, we can literally. Have them, like, you know when you're a kid and you dress like the Lone Ranger? You can actually have that on you and walk into a store. <laughs> yeah. So, but going back to the, to the vaccine thing, so it weirds me out if you just backtrack how many times you were lied to. Yeah. Safe and effective. No, you're going to get sick. You can still spread it. You're just not going to get as sick to knowing multiple friends that have gotten the vaccine and have gotten sick. Mm. The fact that people are still, like, super invested and on board with it Sometimes I'm surprised. Like another example that I'm surprised about is like it, it, how okay people have been with having businesses shut down and people losing mm -hmm. their jobs. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, I'm shocked that there hasn't been more outrage. Like I, I'm not into – I actually think we're better off without violence. I, I honestly believe that like in some Gandhi queer type shit. Like we're better off without violent revolts. I think we can solve things. I'm surprised that nobody's killed a governor. I'm surprised yeah. that there's no guy who hasn't lost his job that has gone out and done something crazy. I'm yeah. surprised by, like, just generally speaking, how compliant everyone's kind of been about it. Mm -hmm. I'm not surprised you two pulled your channel. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I, and, but I think I'm this kind of eternal optimist, is what my wife tells me. But the fact that I, I mentioned this earlier, the fact that... Um, one of these big tech things that you were speaking about, YouTube, disabled the dislike button. That is huge. Fucking awesome. I mean, that's awesome. So I think that there's people like us around. You, it's like these categories, like super based, and then it kind of works out from there. But I think like the somewhat based 
people is much it's it's, it's a it, huge was it the Fauci documentary that broke the dislike yes. button so that's a giant white pill I mean you've got the one of the most evil people on the planet at this point you know the the fact that his documentary that they're you know this is like ultimate it's not even ultimate propaganda because ultimate propaganda works it, that's what's happened but this is like Disney-fied propaganda, like just ridiculous, and most people go nope, and they disable it. That's so wild. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they're not doing it for your channel or part of the problem or my channel or Mark Claire or Liberty Lockdown. They would want those to have thumbs down. In fact, I kind of want them to have thumbs down <laughs> sometimes. I appreciate the negative reviews, but they're doing it because their regime propaganda is getting largely disliked. You've got thousands of people at sports, sporting events, and I, the let's go Brandon thing, it's boomery. It's a boomer thing, I get it. But you have to admit, it's organic, it's grassroots, it's beautifully done, and they can't censor it because there's no curse words. Right. So if you said, fuck Joe Biden, they could somehow cut that out. The most wonderful thing is that as people chanted that, some stupid reporter goes, they're saying, let's go, Brandon. And now it's a worldwide, it's, it's just amazing. So I think those are all white pills. So I think that the emperor has no closed moments, has finally arrived. And I think it's going to keep getting better. Now, there's something so interesting to me when you have college stadiums of kids screaming, fuck Joe Biden, that sometimes I think like, are we in a full socialist system where there is like, like we're, I think if you lived in like these socialist environments, you don't realize how much propaganda is being fed to you. Right. And then when I see the fuck Joe Biden stuff, I do start wondering, was the election totally rigged? How many people actually don't support this system in any capacity? Because right. it's a surprising thing to see. Yes. I just the other day, you know, I, I don't maybe this is biased because I live in Texas. There's no Joe Biden stuff anywhere. I mean, I'm outside of Austin now, but even in Austin, I don't see it. The other day I saw it said, God bless Joe Biden on this guy's truck. And I like pulled up next to him like, this is this a joke? Just to see. What's and it on. was like kind of a fit Mexican dude with glasses on talking on the phone. I'm like, so it was ironic. It must have been I don't ironic. know. Yeah, it's like, it's like the, like the hipster chicks that wear like mom jeans. Like this is just funny, but you're really doing it. So I don't know. It's just, it was, it was, I didn't get it. It's strange. But yeah, the, the most popularly elected president in the history of America. Do you guys see a lot of Joe Biden signs? What was it? Free four doors more whores? Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm thinking of Joe Biden stuff. Yeah, yeah. See, I did that. I did that Yes. I just got some of those. Someone went to my wife's salon and said, give Buck these stickers. I did that so you can put on the gas pumps. Yes. You mentioned YouTube comments. Do you read? Do, will you read through them? Uh, yeah, I get notified when I get them. I read through every single YouTube comment. I, I have a question them. for you. Even the negative ones. I read every single one. I love it. So do I. I actually like the negative yeah. ones. I, sometimes, by the way, sometimes there's fair criticism in there, and sometimes people roast me, and I just think it's so funny. Or if like people really hate me, I think that's even funnier. Yes. So I, I love them. 
Yeah, I wish I could pull some of my negative ones up now. They're funny. But do you get those ones with this weird timestamp? It's like a bot thing. I get every single video that goes up, I'll get a comment, and it says like 30 minutes, 12 seconds. That's oh, it. Oh, that I haven't picked up on. No. Is that what that is? All right. Well, thank you. I'm a boomer. Yeah. There you go. All right. So another thing that I'm a little bit surprised by in terms of media coverage and that there isn't more out outrage is um, the Epstein case. Now, what's fascinating about Epstein is that I remember for years you heard about the Clinton-Epstein thing. Like, that always existed. And then all of a sudden, the FBI loses their Freedom of Information Act, mm. and they instantly flip where they're like, we're as outraged as you guys are. And all of a sudden, he's being arrested. His uh, apartment's being cleaned, where essentially they take all the evidence and bring yeah. it into the FBI. Now you got the court case going on, and everyone knows that Epstein didn't kill himself. What do you, where do you think he is? Ooh. I almost made a really uh, uh, politically incorrect comment. I don't know. It's a safe space for it. Hmm. I can't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't even want to speculate on that. All right. I think he's he's alive and in Israel. The Mossad retrieved their asset. Not a problem. I was gonna say that. I think it makes more sense for you to be able to say it. <laughs> so, it's a little bit weird to me that the def uh, the prosecution has already rested its case. Like, it, it seemed like there was a lot more to explore, yeah. and they moved through it a so little bit speak. quickly. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is one of the most fascinating cases, and I think it's no coincidence that the Jesse Smollett thing was the one getting all of the press. Oh, interesting. Yeah, interesting timing. Um, yeah, it's fascinating. I think even those of us with conspiratorial views and, and, and who research some of these things like this, there's so much more that we'll never, ever know. I think it's fascinating that there's a painting of Bill Clinton in a dress. Um, I, know, I know a girl that I went to high school with that was on the Hillary campaign, was on the plane with Hillary, works for the New York Times, and I just had this discussion with my dad. At what level, there's levels to this, you know, there are, there are the idiot dupes, there are the bumbling guys that kind of find their way into something and don't know what's going on. At some point, you know where the bodies are buried. You know what happened on that island. And I wonder, like, I know this girl. I know this person since I was a teenager. What does she know? Um, God, you know, I, I think if you ride on a plane with, Hil excuse me, with Hillary Clinton for a year or two. You got to see some shit. I think you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Bill's all the time. Every plane ride, he's fucking somebody. So you're seeing it. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and at some point, are people rationalizing? Like, well, the other option is literally Hitler. <laughs> I, can, I can rationalize what's going to happen. You know, you, what, what these people have done, they're still best for the planet. I don't know. It's I think it's tough because, like, Harvey Weinstein's secretary, how is that chick not in trouble? Right. Like, there was someone who was setting up these meetings who was arranging for the shots to be prepared. She knows what's going on. And you know... Most people in Hollywood knew about that. Yeah, for sure. They they generally knew of that, but they were quiet, weren't they? Silence is violence. So I've been trying to follow as much of this trial as I can. Uh, there isn't a ton of reporting. It's kind of been coming from like fringe Twitter channels. Yes. Like there's not a lot of information. One of my takeaways, it does seem like Ghislaine actually 
had like a real love for this guy, for, for Epstein. Yeah. And I kind of thought, isn't it sweet that these two people found each other? <laughs> oh my God. Like, isn't there something really nice about that? You got two people that are into <laughs> like harvesting kids for sex crimes and like they're able to share that passion. Like I, I took away from that. If they can find each other, there's love for all there's, of us. There is. I love that I've found my way into a comedy bit. This is <laughs> this is my first time. Yeah, I, I mean, do you? What did their Tinder profile say? <laughs> <laughs> Likes, dislikes. Right. You know, do you talk about this on the first date? Yeah, I like you gotta. Well, who do you think? Do you think there's any possible? Because I've seen this conspiracy that Ghislaine is actually the mastermind. Yes. And that uh, Epstein is like part actor and kind of recruited into it. Ooh. Now, I saw an article, though, with Epstein that like the firm, when he kind of worked his way up into Wexner, he got yeah. this guy fired. Yeah. And he just seems like he's that blackmail manipulative guy, and he kind of figured out that racket. So I don't think Ghislaine was like the mastermind, but I don't know. Where are you on that one? I'm fascinated by that theory, and I've heard it, and I kind of lean towards it. I don't know why, just some instinct thing. Um, I will say, from coming from Austin, Alex Jones was on an FM radio station in Austin, Texas, for years, and so I kind of grew up listening to this. The two things that I that keep coming back to reality when you dig up these conspiracies that happen to be real. Pedophilia and uh, eugenics. Every time when you uncover these weird stories, there it is. I find that interesting. Eugenics, I don't hate. I get it. Oh. I don't hate it. Okay. I really don't hate it. Because here's my thought. I know, I know this is fucking out there. Are you going to give us a vax? Uh, absolutely. Every one of you guys. No, I think uh, like if you just kind of be a futurist, like... I almost think it's like we invented computers and one of two things are going to happen. Either they will achieve singularity and then we were like a stepping stone in evolution where computers take over or we merge with computers in some sort of like a symbiotic type thing so that we stay ahead of them. Meta. Or we start investing in eugenics to figure out better humans mm. that becomes the next step. Like I feel like we generally speaking embrace technology. So the idea of like trying to cultivate better people it doesn't disturb, like I know that like people see it, I, like you tell me why do people see eugenics as that? Like if there was some crazy computer algorithm, let's just say, yeah, yeah. and he, like, uh, let's just go with like a Bezos. Bezos wanted better people. Yeah. And he showed up to two people's doors and said, listen, I've run some crazy math, don't ask me what the math is, but if you made it with this guy, we're gonna have the next, uh, we're gonna have like the next uh, um, Einstein. Yeah. And I'll pay you a million dollars. So everyone's making a free choice there. Yeah. And you're game theoring people's genetics or whatever. I don't know, like, I, to me, it doesn't strike me as evil. Like, people have, like, this playing God type thing. Yeah, yeah. Where they think it's evil, and I more think it's kind of embracing science, and if you look at the trajectory of man, like, we're either going to figure out these things, yeah. or we're going to be replaced by robots. The, the procreation aspect of it, I suppose, is not so evil. The eugenics part as uh, eliminating people. Oh, yeah, that I'm not for. Yeah. Sorry, I should have clarified. Right, yeah. Unless it's Jews. That could, yeah, I was going to say, you've got a history that it shouldn't be for that. But, yeah, right. it, yeah, I mean, the procreation part, it seems quirky. And I, I tend to think there's some demonic 
spirits that are taking that are taking hold of people that are involved in this. That's my personal opinion. When you say demonic spirits, are you being poetic? No. You think that like there's actually yes. like demon gods yes. that the global elite interact with? Yes. Okay, and so give me like the full vision of that, because even like accepting a god, god, yeah, becomes a little bit weird, because like you have faith in this thing, yeah, who created God, yeah, like, it's kind of like um, the, one of the arguments, not arguments, but one of the things I've told libertarians, including my old self, government exists. You're going, we need if you can pretend it doesn't. But if you want some progress in, 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 in fixing some things, you at least have to work within the system because it's there. Right. For atheists, I would tell you this. The spirits exist. You can pretend they don't, but they do. What and, do you mean by spirits? Um, well, the people that have put lockdowns on us, uh, the people that have... The people that wanted to sacrifice Kyle Rittenhouse, which to me is a young boy, for the greater good, to me, that's an evil spirit. Um, you don't have to believe that. To me, it is. That's kind of evil personified. It's, it's manifesting itself through human beings, but, I mean, that's just pure evil, in my opinion. So, if that exists, you have to know there's also something good and true that exists, and I think that's the only thing that can fight that. All right. I didn't know we were going to get this deep into religion, but yeah. Uh, I took some Ritalin, so I'll fucking yeah. get into any yes. topic, dude, yes. with the focus of the universe. All right. Anything else that uh, you want to plug or uh, let the Run Your Mouth fans know? Yeah. Uh, well, thank you for having me, Robbie the Fire Bernstein. The show is called Counterflow with Buck Johnson. Uh, go to the YouTube page. You can find it on any uh, podcatcher that you want and uh, counterflowpodcast.com. Perfect. Love you. Thank you for coming on. Love you, on. Robbie. Thank you. We've, uh, we've hung out at a whole bunch of these events now, yes. which has been a great time every yes. time. Hell yeah. All right, so let's keep the podcast moving along. Next show, next guest coming up here from the Lions of Liberty podcast. We're about to find out how coherent uh, Mark either is or isn't. Uh, but please welcome to the show from Lions of Liberty. Let's clap it up for Mark Claire. If he's even, if he's even able to. Uh, uh, and while he's coming up here, what a great opportunity to plug the sponsors of the Run Your Mouth podcast. I'll take the. <laughs> I'll plug, uh, since you're our resident drug addict, this is a good opportunity for Yo Kratom and Yo Delta. Uh, if you want to be as chill as Mark, you got to drink. What time do you start drinking today, bud? Oh, 11 a.m.? 11 a.m. What time did a wake start? Yeah, whenever what do you was. If you're drinking in the morning, what do you, what do you start with? We did mimosas. Okay. Yeah. I'm more of a Bloody Mary guy if I'm starting in the morning. Most is a nice way to be kind of like pretending you're drinking juice to passersby that don't know better. So, Okay, and you did stand-up for your first time tonight. It was not my first time. I know it might have seemed that way, Robbie, but it was actually, <laughs> it was actually my fourth time. But yeah, it's, not, it's not a thing I do often. Okay, where were the other spots that you've done stand-up before? I've, I've just done it a couple times at uh, a couple spots in L.A. Like It's actually okay. something called the Comedy Car Hole. Right. Where they just hit, Actually, a couple of semi-famous comedians have done it, none of which I can name right now. <laughs> but um, it's, it's kind of like a garage that people had that like comedians would go to so I did a couple times there and then I did it at um, Brian McWilliams who you're familiar with 
used to run a comedy night as well called uh, Comedy Ahoy, so I did it at his as well. It went well, and I'm happy it didn't go too well. <laughs> <laughs> because there's nothing worse than when someone doesn't do stand-up and they get up and just murder. I, I was aiming for not that funny, just <laughs> no, 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 for no. your benefit. You were, yes. you were the perfect middle of funny, but not where it's like, ah, shit, I can't follow this and I'm going to look like an asshole. Exactly what I was going for, yeah. Yeah, so you, you were perfect within that spot. Uh, now, you're living down in uh, Mexico City. Indeed. You're like, I don't do enough drugs on a daily basis. I want that <laughs> pollution in my lungs. Exactly. I really, I really want to make sure I cut this thing short. <laughs> uh, thus far, how are you liking uh, being a Mexican? Being a Mexican is amazing. Um, I will say, like, speaking to Mexico City specifically, it is like, coming from Los Angeles, it is, a, it is the maskiest place I've ever been, even compared to Los Angeles. Right. And that, that's the kind of freaky thing, because there's no mask mandate, there, but people do wear masks very religiously, to kind of go back to what Buck was referring to with the spirits. It's a religious thing, and it might not be religious in the sense that anyone is commanding anyone to do something, but it, it does take a religious nature. It is, it is just... Um, it's a ritual that people go through. They put, it's something I realized the other week when I was watching someone like take off their mask as they got out of the car. And I realized that I was watching a ritual. I was watching just a practice we do. We don't even know why people we do it. Like it's like a thing when you go to a restaurant and you have to walk in in your mask. They, they know you don't need a mask. We know you don't need a mask. You have to put it on for these five feet to walk to the table. It's because you must practice this fucking ritual. You must follow this rule, like what you were discussing earlier, to be a part of society, to be a part of what we're doing here. I. Uh... I agree 100%, and it's so interesting to me that you can go to some areas where they don't buy in and some where they're like hook, line, and sinker, we're all going to die unless you're following these rules. Yeah. It's amazing how, like, it, the extent by which two people can look at the same fucking information and just have the polar opposite opinions. Well, yeah, and, and information is not even a factor here, obviously, right. because... It's just beyond information. It's a practice. It's something we just have to do. And you can see it everywhere because it's this, people are doing it when they're walking their dog alone. They're, they're wearing a mask when they're exercising at the park. So no one is obviously thinking about it because if you took two seconds to think about it, no, I'm not going to wear a mask while I'm trying to breathe while I'm doing a pull-up. No, I'm not going to wear a mask while I'm walking my dog alone. But they do it because it is just, it's a practice. It's a ritual. It's not, you're never going to connect these people with the right charts. Right. Now, when you were living in Vegas, did you do a fair amount of traveling, or you just kind of... I've never lived in Vegas, but oh, I that? have partied there several times. Many t I have felt like I lived in Vegas you know, after a day or two. The reason I thought you lived in Vegas was the first time we spoke on a call you were in Vegas. That makes I, sense. For some reason, I just logged into my <laughs> mind. I've spent a, a probably disproportionate amount of time in Las Vegas, right. so I can see why that, why that would happen. Yeah. All right. <laughs> This is something I probably really shouldn't be saying on the podcast. I might have to get edited out. But have you ever have you spent any time in Atlanta? I have never been to Atlanta. So no. I've traveled the country, and uh, I really enjoyed the gig that I did in Atlanta. I enjoyed the fans that came out. If I spent another day there, I'd be fully racist. Oh, that, that's... <laughs> That's not the direction I was going to go. <laughs> I was about to agree with you, and then I'm like, just let you go with that. So you're a wise man. I have a question for you. Is it no, I'm not racist. Is it racist if you only dislike a very particular subset of black people? Like, if I'm okay with everyone unless they're above a certain weight and they're female, <laughs> is that... 
Is that racist or specific enough that it's okay? The deeper question is why am I the expert witness topic on this topic? But um, to answer your question, no, I don't think you're. No, I think that's not racist because by definition. I don't even think you're I, picking a, a very specific subset of said race. I don't even think it's not that I dislike them. It's that for some reason they look at me. <laughs> and they're just like, fuck this white boy. <laughs> and then that's the energy that for some reason I draw from them. All right, here's another flying question for you. <laughs> We're going to move on from that one. I, uh, when I pack, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I, I'm pretty dumb. And my bag is usually packed to the point where I'm like convinced it's going to just blow up in the airport. Yeah. Just because like <laughs> it's so overpacked with shit. Like my zipper's barely going to hold. And then you, you get to the security line, and you got to undo your entire operation, which is brutal. It's like this took me forever to put together. Yeah. It's I even worse in Mexico. I, can't, I have to check this bag with this, the microphone and, like, the Zoom H6, because if I don't check it, they will pull it out and accuse me of wanting to beat people with it and things of this nature. So I, I have to specifically check a bag, even for something like this. Why? What's in there that looks like you're Nothing. Gonna... <laughs> You mean your recording gear? Yeah, I'm talking about this microphone, and the, I mean it's, these aren't mine, but the right. same the same kind of stuff. And I have to check it because security will like literally that stand that we had up earlier, the mic stand. They took it away from me when I went through Mexican security for no other reason than it looked like something you could possibly hit someone with if you chose to, which describes every object that's ever existed. <laughs> I I felt honored coming through Mexican security because they pulled out all my recording gear and they asked me if I was a rapper. <laughs> for real. <laughs> And I was like, fuck yeah, let's go with that. Like, have you seen me? I'm, I'm here to do some jams, dude. <laughs> and then they asked, they're like, what's with like, all no, the gear? Like, no, that's Clint. <laughs> they asked, what's with all the gear? And I told them I podcasted. They got really excited. Like, what's your podcast? I was like, I don't and think you have now like three it. new subscribers. <laughs> That'd be great. That would be great. Weird system, though, because you go through, you got to press a button. If it comes up red, they make you put your thing in. Oh, yeah, the, the red, the red like, green light system. Is that random, or is there someone watching yeah, a booth? Yeah, that's a going? tourist hub thing. It doesn't happen when I fly in into Mexico City, but it is, like, um, maybe, I guess, it, apparently in Puerto Vallarta, too. We didn't experience that because we were flying from Mexico City to Puerto Vallarta. But it is um, at certain tourist hubs. It's kind of the red light, green light. So it's basically, I don't know the percentage, how they right. calculate it, but if you get the green light, you're good. But if you're one of the people that gets that red light, they will search your entire bag and look through everything. They weren't that know, They just put it through, and then they asked me about the recording gear. But it was, it was kind of Holocaust-y left, right, where you just <laughs> press the button, and yeah. then you get the, the red comes up, and you're like, that can't be good. It's, yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know the theory behind it. theory is, like, you're just a victim of chance, so don't carry illegal things, I guess. Fair enough. Uh, here's a hot take I got about TSA, which is that they kind of need, like, you go to the DMV, and the DMV does not process things quickly because they don't give a shit. TSA actually needs to chill out and be more like, like, they, the TSA people almost have energy like they're missing their plane. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you have to sit here and look through bags anyways. What are you panicked about? And if someone's running late for their flight, fuck them. Like... <laughs> I, I don't know because they yell at me like you're. Maybe that's what it is because I'm always a nervous wreck getting on plane before I get through security. That's kind of my, I just once I get through security, I'm fine. I can calm down. I can go have a drink, but I do have that nervous energy about me. So maybe because they're around it all day long, maybe it's kind of a synergistic thing where we're always we have all this nerve. I'm I'm projecting a little bit. I have all this nervous right. energy when I'm trying to get on a plane. Maybe a lot of people do. So maybe there is like they're absorbing that all fucking day long. And then I know we're like, getting very Buddha here, but maybe that they're just kind of shooting that back. Do you throw a lot of ner I, I I clearly have nervous energy. That's kind of yeah. my. This emblem. is really what I'm saying here. 
<laughs> but do you find, like, when I, I actually like the thrill of running, I find it's one of the best drugs is running late for a flight and being <laughs> online for security and not yeah. knowing if you're going to make it. You can't put a price on that. I Maybe find, the juice could, but. <laughs> <laughs> That's right out of my act. Thanks for ripping off my jokes, bud. Are you up on. It uh, was a promotion of your act. <laughs> Are you up on uh, ESG at all? I feel like that's a big topic. I don't know what that is. All right. Wrong topic to talk about then. (laughs) What is ESG? ESG scores are a new regulatory. I live in Mexico now, so I don't follow like American. Oh, you're done with American news. I'm I'm done with that, yeah. Have you checked out on U.S. politics? Oh, I was already kind of checked out just because I'm a stoner, but I'm very checked out of like the day-to-day of American news for sure. I'm not tapped in at all. Okay. And then, uh, like, uh, when you're doing your podcast, you guys stick more to theory? Honestly, I just smoke a joint and, and talk to someone. That's my, that's my current podcast theory with things. But, no, I, I think we have been exploring more just, like, theory. And that's kind of always been the, sub, the theme of my show anyway is I'm looking at the theory of things. Um, I'm not necessarily stuck to the day to the day. That's kind of why we tossed that to Brian right. on Electric Liberty Land. He's, like, our, like, I'm on top of news kind of guy. But yeah, I've always really explored a theory behind things, and I just try to get to know people and like let conversations go wherever they go. But I'm I can be so tapped out of the day to the day and the news, and I I couldn't tell you what ESG is or whatever you're gonna <laughs> ask me about. <laughs> so ESG is, in my opinion, some of the uh, biggest banks in the world, including BlackRock and others, are pushing for regulatory compliance that will make their green energy investments profitable. Right, right. So one of the big headlines this week was that Biden wants to make federal government carbon neutral by 2050, which is already the start of that, of basically, you know, the federal government's a pretty big dollar. You know what I mean? Like, they're fucking spending money. So if they're only buying from firms that are meeting certain, like, regulatory standards, you've already got your built-in customer base. Right. Uh, But you wouldn't be up on that one. Uh, (laughs) The other one is, did you see the video? It was uh, going around on Twitter. A lady in the British government, like the Jen Psaki of uh, Britain, Mm -hmm. uh, was – well, she stepped down this week. She resigned because there was a video of her joking about them not having a holiday party. Did you catch that video? I did not. You see? You got to send me my homework, Robbie. (laughs) I picked picked the wrong topics for you. All right, here's a dumb joke I know won't work, but I just thought it was so funny. Dumb jokes head. are my topic. That would yeah. be perfect. All right, so there was a headline of why the Supreme Court might look to China as it reconsiders Roe versus Wade. And I was like, the idea of us uh, outsourcing abortions to China, because, you know, like they have cheap goods and they always break in three months. <laughs> I was like, I love the idea of someone thinking they got an abortion and then just being like, fucking China, when they have a kid <laughs> nine months later. I like that one. Yeah, all right, I might work on it. All right, before I turn I over the... I some finessing, but I did like it. I like, I like the thesis. Before I turn over the podcast to Clint, is there anything else that you wanted to throw out there to the Run Your Mouth fans? Any topics of concern that you wanted to get into? Oh, topics of concern? No, I, I guess the only thing I've been out there talking about, like I've been on this podcast whirlwind tour. I don't even know how it started. I was on Pete's show. Then Dave brought me on part of the problem. So just to echo, I guess, the same themes that I've been talking about is I, I really think we're in a point where people need to become more self-reliant and more able to fend for themselves outside of whatever it may be, whatever governments or whatever corporate jobs you have, because they are all very tenuous and the situations are changing very quickly. So the better you can insulate yourselves from that, that's kind of just my general message. And there's a million avenues we could go down on that topic, but that is something I've had to do 
by force in, in many ways in life, but it's something that we should all be prepared for because mandate, whether it's one specific mandate or the next one or the next one or the 15th booster shot, these are all coming. So we're either you're either going to become a slave to the system or you're going to not be. So you can decide now to, ha to insulate yourself from that and be, you know, maybe you suffer a little bit more now, or you can decide to just go along with it and just maybe in a few years you realize, oh shit, what, what have I been doing this whole time? So no, I, I, that's since, my message. Since I high school, I wanted to buy farmable land because in the way I'm a nervous wreck, the idea of knowing that if things went to shit, I could fend for myself yeah. is very that's a relaxing. Good instinct. I've done zero <laughs> to make that happen. But it's happen. a nice idea. Yeah, a zero. And like, I'm the most aware of uh, like the way that we could have total financial collapse. Mm -hmm. And I'm the same as everyone else where I just ignore it. Right. And I feel like that is a perfect transition point to bring on Clint from Liberty Lock yes, Pod. Let's let uh, anyone who's actually still here and listening, let's hear it from Mark. And there's our, there's our lively live podcast. All right, so... As we dig into financial topics, uh, completely fi uh, fascinating to me is that we finally formally had an Evergrande default today. And so, what was that? What do you mean? Yeah, yeah. What, is that a problem? We're going to close out the show with Clint. Are you are you going to sleep on no, me, buddy? No, I'm good. I'm good. Were you were you like in bed and we just pulled? You no, all, not at all. Not at all. I've been watching the whole you time. know, I never noticed this, but like of the seven dwarfs, he does kind of look like Sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. There you go. With uh, I keep I keep the hat on. So with a goatee, why not embrace the baldness, dude? Uh, my head gets cold, Doug. Does it really? Yeah. And you haven't gotten used to that shit. No. You have? I'm, I'm good, dude. Okay. Well, I'm 100% good. I could eat whatever I want, but my head gets cold. Like, you know what? <laughs> if I could pick between the two, you I would go cold head. Right. 100%. Absolutely. All right. So here's uh, to kind of lay out the why you should be terrified about the Evergrande default. Is uh, I'm sure you've read uh, um, The Creature from Jekyll Island, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. One, one absolutely great book. Yeah. I actually, I actually re-listened to it on audiobook on the flight from uh, San Diego to D.C. to go on TimCast. That's awesome. So I went on there, and I ranted about the Federal Reserve. Like, every single topic he threw at me, I brought up the Federal Reserve. Yeah, because if it's on your mind, <laughs> yeah, I you're like, stop. this is the one thing. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I came across like such a you know, stereotypical libertarian or right. ANCAP, but it was just so fresh in my mind. And literally, if you, if you, have, if you haven't read it in a, in a while, I would highly encourage those watching, listening to to go pick it up again because I'm telling you like almost every single problem that we face right now is a product of the Federal Reserve. So I, I agree 100%. Yeah. Uh, one of the most interesting things in that book that I became aware of is that when it comes to the banks, it's kind of what I call fake money out, real money in. Mm -hmm. And so what I mean by that is with fractional reserve banking, let's say you put $100 into the bank and then they lend out 90 and then theoretically someone could put that 90 back in and then they can lend out 80. Right? So the money that they're putting out, it doesn't really exist because they're able, they're the one people that can counterfeit money, right? With banking reserves, they're able to put out money. You think your money's in the bank, it's not in the bank, it's being handed to someone else. Yep. Now what's interesting about that is so when they hand you a bank credit, like theoretically they, they give you a loan, which is money that doesn't exist, and then you deposit back in the bank, right? Mm -hmm. 
So what they handed you was money that literally, it doesn't exist, right? And then every time you make an interest payment on that money that doesn't exist, that's real money that's going into the bank. Well, so the bank is kind of. No, the, the, the interest payment that you make if you got a mortgage. No, I know. I'm just saying, I'm saying it's real money only in the sense that it's not being crafted out of thin air right there. Right. It was crafted out of thin air a couple years ago. As an earlier point, but I'm saying yeah. you actually had to go out and earn that. True, true, yes. You earned a paycheck, and now that money in some form was actually earned and exists, and you're handing it back to the bank. The money yeah. that the bank hands you is literally a credit that they were just able to create. Yep. So the bank is in the business of creating as much of that debt as they can because it, they don't have to do anything for it. It's not like they have to go out and earn it, nope. right? They can just hand it to you by way of a mortgage or otherwise, and then the interest rates that you have to pay back is actual money coming into the bank. Well, and if they default, they get bailed out. So. Well, that's true too, but what's interesting is they kind of don't want the loan to be repaid because once the loan's repaid, right, then they don't have their interest rate, their interest payments coming in. Yes and no. The, as a mortgage broker, I can tell you, like, there is more profit made on churn. So if you can- Payback early? If you could, no, no. I'm saying if you can redeploy the capital, you make origination fees. So right. there's extra money to be had. Like the bankers make money coming and going, essentially. Wait, there's a fee, f you're saying, if you pay off your debt early. No, there, there are prepayment penalties, but I'm saying when you originate a loan, you pay points at closing. So right. the bank makes that extra bit of money too, and then they also get their interest rate. So if ideally, what you would do is you would churn the loans, you would, have, you would lend out all of your money, and then you would churn it every couple months, because right. you know, that's how you make the most. You make the interest rate, plus you make the origination fee. So you, can, you, so, you make so the money all the time. the banks are taking it no matter what. All the time. So on the, I guess on the basis, though, of having the money out there, as long as you don't default, it still exists as an asset on their books. Right. And so what happens, like if you look at the subprime mortgage crisis, is that all of a sudden, if the defaults actually happen, you have to start writing that shit down. And then if there's things that are collateralized against that, all of a sudden you end up in this system where you're realizing all of these, all of this money that we were pretending existed in the system or all of these assets that we had evaluated at this price doesn't exist. Yep. And then all of a sudden things start fucking tumbling. Yep. Now, I worked in a hedge fund. I was a college intern at the beginning of the subprime mortgage crisis when it was just one hedge fund at Bear Stearns that went under. And it was no big deal. And then all of a sudden, over the next couple months... Or so we thought. Yeah, it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. Right. So I always get fascinated anytime that there's a default because I'm like, oh, is there, I guess, collateralized like assets against this? Is this now a signal in the system that all the money that pretending exists doesn't really exist? Because I view the system as just literally insolvent. Like it is insolvent. Yeah, it, is. They, it, were, is. it is a fictional reality where we're pretending that the money that exists in the world exists and it doesn't. So I hand it to you as, the, uh, as more of a financial expert, especially with mortgage stuff. Sure. Do you think that this is more contained because it's not financial assets and it's physical assets? Or do you think this Evergrande thing might be kickstarting a real problem? Oh, no. It's, I mean, it's basically the same issue that, that the United States had in 2006, 2007, leading into the 0809 collapse, is that it was just speculative purchasing and, and massive debt flows that, I mean, Evergrande is the largest construction lender in China. Right. Anyone wants to downplay that? You're out of your mind. I mean, that's a big fucking deal for a company of that size, $400 billion to, to basically go BK. Um, the only question is, did the Chinese learn enough from how we responded, and will they do the $800 you know, QE or $800 billion QE type deal right away, TARP and all that? I don't know. I don't know if, if they, if they attack it. Like 
early enough, they it could buy It seems like they're time. playing bailout chicken yes. where they're hoping that America is going to step in and bail it out. Brother, we've been in bailout chicken our entire lives. Like, that's, that's what this game is. So, um, so with... <laughs> I don't even get it. With, with the Evergrande <laughs> default coming and your prediction going way back that at some point American defaults are coming when it, uh, specifically uh, with uh, mortgages, right? And that's when we're going to kind of see the housing bubble collapse. What do you view as the safest asset? You're hoarding cash. You're you going into, like, what, what, what are you doing to try and protect your wealth? Uh, I am in the position of needing to hedge both ways because I think that there's a really good chance that we are going to have a hyperinflationary period in this country and in, on this planet. Um, however, the U.S. dollar is still the reserve currency of the world. So uh, my, my prediction is that if China has a severe recession or depression prior to us, which Evergrande leads me to believe they may be the first domino to go, you could see a strengthening dollar uh, cycle where the U.S. dollar actually increases in value, in which case holding dollars is what you want to be doing, which is completely counter to what libertarians think right, right now because everyone's like, crypto, get out of fiat, buy gold, buy, you know, whatever. Uh, they could be right. I'm not saying that they're wrong for sure. But if you're not hedging both ways, I think it's a big mistake because you could absolutely, uh, the amount of debt globally is over $300 trillion. Right. You see that unwind. It doesn't matter how much the fucking government are going to panic for dollars to service their debt. Yeah, well, I'm, yeah, I mean that, and you're going to have to liquidate assets. When you liquidate assets to try and service that debt, then all of a sudden you can buy assets Fire on the cheap. Sales. Yeah, and, and if my, you don't have cash, right. you won't be a player in that moment. Is my money going to be safe in the bank, or do I need cash? I mean, if it gets severe enough, of course there could always be a bank run. But ultimately, if you're concerned about bank runs, you shouldn't be in the U.S. dollar in the first place. So I, I don't think that that's... I mean, if you're going to hedge into cash, I would probably keep some physically, honestly. Um, but I, I'm of the belief that, you know, be, as long as they have the, the capacity to print money, um, they're not going to close the banks because they can just, I mean, they don't even have to like physically print it now. They just add, add zeros. So it's the, the odds of there being a bank run of that caliber are very low. Um, but I, if anything's possible, man. Oh, yeah, no, I could see that. I could see that where they, you're, where you're talking to negative interest rates. They and fucked him. I know, dude. Right. I actually, I know a guy. Uh, shout out Retro Two Pizza, best pizza place in all of New York, best sandwiches in all of New York. Whoa. That guy. I'm telling you, that guy, that guy's the man. I used to talk about aliens with him late at night. He was a really cool dude. He, uh, he was super wealthy living in Cyprus. He was like a real estate developer. And when they transitioned, I think it was to the euro, right? They literally, the banks wiped out his accounts. But they didn't just wipe out his accounts. All of a sudden, like the money, I guess when they reconverted it back, yeah. they also, all of the mortgages he owned, was he owed it in the new currency. It's yeah. so, like he wasn't owed the new currency, but he owed other people the new currency. And that was the end of him being a millionaire. <laughs> yeah. Like, that was just, that was over. Like, he was fucking rich. Like, they just robbed him of his well, wealth. Th this is kind of the overarching point I'm making, is that anyone that tells you you have a single out and that's the play, right. I think is making a huge mistake. Because, sure, Bitcoin could be the reserve currency of the world one day. But in the interim, if that's the case, do you think that all of the central banks across the planet aren't going to do everything in their fucking power to stop that? Right. Because it's, I mean, you are stripping them of their capacity to wage war, to do anything. I mean, it's, it's the ultimate showdown. So the way I view it is you're going to have all of these different uh, vying for, different entities vying for power. That's both on the, on the state governmental level, but then also 
rich people across the planet are going to be competing with them to try and stay in front of this. Um, so what wins out and what the ultimate, you know, uh, methodology for wealth transfer becomes, you, you have to have exposure to all of it because whatever it is, it's going to be a moonshot. So like, that's why I, as much as I'm a fan of Bitcoin and I'm a huge fan and I think it has the best chance, uh, I just, anyone that puts all their eggs in one basket, given the, the stakes, uh, it's just crazy to me. I, and I love the, I have maxis on my show all the time. I love those guys. I just think it's a mistake. I agree. Yeah. Uh, hundred, like I'm also, I own Bitcoin. <laughs> I love Bitcoin. I love the idea of Bitcoin. Right. I think if you're a, like, like you said, the biggest risk is that you're competing with the U.S. government. We go to wars over currency. It's always been about dollar demand. It's the most important thing. Ask Gaddafi how it feels when you right. go against the U.S. dollar. Yeah, so... I, do you want to be that guy? What they could do more easily, the if uh, the Bitcoin standard, if you're interested in Bitcoin, I think is the single easiest and best read for mm -hmm. kind of just getting a grasp around it. Now, the problem, if you read the Bitcoin standard, is that, is that thus far, the reason why Bitcoin exists is that it is unhackable. Nobody has the resources to possibly hack it. Is the U.S. government maybe the one person that could actually build the supercomputers and have the wealth and resources to hack it. That's risk one. Risk two of the U.S. government is we don't actually know the origin of Bitcoin. And what's interesting about Bitcoin is that people kind of thought that it was... No, it could very likely be that the NSA is that fucking smart that they foresaw like that there could be a competing currency in a digital landscape. It's possible. And that they got everyone to invest in it and then they fucking take it down to zero or they hack themselves or they mess up the record yeah. and then it falls to zero and then how long is the dollar going to be the most the supreme currency because this was the big thing that was going to save us from the dollar and people bought into and then it would like all of a sudden like the reason the dollar is the gold standard for currency because despite the fact that it's crap and they overprint, it's still – it's the benchmark. It's still the safest unless you buy into Bitcoin as being currency, which maybe the government is smart enough that they got ahead of that and that they're actually in control of it. Who knows? Well, I mean there are certain assets that you can't buy in Bitcoin today, and you can buy basically any asset across the planet with the U.S. dollar. I'm using it in Mexico right now, and if I were to try and use Bitcoin, it would probably be right. more of a challenge. Uh, so – in, until that changes, until Bitcoin is uh, accepted everywhere, and it's actually being used at this point, it's more of a store of value. It's it's like put it this way: Bitcoin's here to gold. stay when the Federal Reserve starts holding it as an asset. When like the banks of the world are actually holding it as well, like an. I mean, people would argue that because there are some central banks that are starting to do that, that is the that is a domino that's leading towards that. It's it's possible. However, there I mean, there are a million Bitcoin that have never moved from its inception. Who knows? I mean, it could it's be a DARPA project, -free. but I don't think so. I don't think it is. I think that it was probably created by people that think very similar to us, that are right. much smarter than us. Um, I think that I think it's the real deal. That doesn't mean it's going to win. Right. I mean, just because it's the best idea doesn't mean it's going to win because you're dealing with power, like massive power. Um, so, so to I'm, recap, I'm an optimist. I think right. it will right. because I believe that that our belief system is is correct and proper and moral and good, and it ought to win. That doesn't mean it will. So we have to be the, the driving force behind it to make sure that that comes to pass. That's my belief. 
Um, Yeah, I would I would bet on a deflationary collapse prior to Yeah, you guys are on the same boat with that, by the way. Mm. He's he's a gold guy. I mean he trades in gold and he's on top of this. We were having an awesome debate upstairs. This is my favorite part about doing I know me too. these liberty stuff yeah. is that I run into people that are smarter than me <laughs> and I can actually be like, Oh shit, I can sit down lit no, 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 people are way smarter than me. It's just generally speaking, I don't meet them. <laughs> They're not out in the wild. But I can come to these things and yeah. like actually, uh, me- and then just sit down and be like, "Oh wow, I'm gonna learn some stuff." I can literally never have these conversations in the wild. Yeah. No, no I, I people look at me like I have three eyes. They have no idea what I'm fucking talking about. <laughs> so I'm grateful that I've found a community, an audience, everything else that allows me to go on these rants. And there's apparently some demand for it, which is right. Phenomenal. No, we're gonna I follow up because we're we're gonna do a liquidity crunch podcast coming up. I uh, back to you though, New World Order. So when it comes to, I focus on the daily news and I look at it and I go, they're lying to me. And I feel like my, my place is that I'm good at calling bullshit and I'm trying to just share, hey, this is bullshit. So my example would be like, you go to like the Iraq war, I would be somewhat less interested in like, oh, Cheney's working with this guy to sell it as much as I'd be following the narrative of they're selling us bullshit. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to like the new world order stuff, like I don't really delve that deep into, okay, so Bill Gates sat down with this guy and they concocted a virus ahead of time and they're going to release it. So I don't get too... You really don't want your YouTube channel anymore. I I respect it. I love it, it, dude. I love it. It's bold. I mean, I just... I I, I did not get into doing these things to censor myself. I fucking love it, dude. So if I can't... Yeah, I'm not being sarcastic. I love it. (laughs) I love the courage. If I can't be in a place and talk my mind, it's fine. Yeah, Yeah. no, I got it. I I totally get it. Um, No, sorry, I I cut you off. No, no, so I hand it to you because you were saying that you do actually delve into the uh, DeVos and that side of it. Yeah, I I have as of late. Um, So lay it on me. What what is... Like, who are the people? Who's sitting in the room? What was the plan Lay it on us. Okay. Well, first off, I, I, I have to agree with you. I don't actually go into the details of who sits in the room because, let's be honest, these people are dealing – they're the wealthiest people on the, on the planet. They're the most uh, well-off. They're, you know, rich is insane. They're richer than most governments. So uh, <laughs> I, to find out who is in what room and what conversations are being had is an impossibility. All we can do, in my opinion, is read the tea leaves, see what they're actually doing, see what gets rolled out. And I had never bought, and I said this on uh, the show with James Lindsay, I had never bought the New World Order thesis because I didn't see enough behavior that was universal. Um, And if it was a New World Order, why wouldn't their behavior be universal? Like, why wouldn't you see it on a global scale? And then 2019 rolls around into 20, and all of a sudden you see the most remarkable, overbearing, tyrannical, totalitarian response to a virus that isn't that serious, and you start to say, okay, what the fuck's happening? So I concluded, yeah that now the New World Order is, is making their play. Um, so I, I think that it's not called the NWO, you know, <laughs> unless you're talking wrestling. Uh, <laughs> exactly, I knew someone would get it. Um, I think that it's more likely that it's, it's the, the wealthiest people on the planet, the old banking families. I'm not going to go down that line. Robbie, don't look at me like that. Uh, I think that it's, it's World Economic Forum. I think it's Klaus Schwab. He's, he's kind of like the, the spokesperson for it. I don't think he's the you know, the brains behind it. Um, but I, I just think it's, it's the, the wealthiest, most powerful people seeing what you and I just discussed when it comes to a global debt reset and saying, are we going to allow this to happen organically or are we going to bring it about 
in a way that allows us to maintain our stranglehold of power. No, I agree. So sometimes so. I look at it and I think the reason why they're kind of starting to go full socialism, it's like when the when Russia collapsed and there's some oligarchs that seem to like yeah. grab control of critical industries and come out. So I do sometimes wonder if it's like if we're at endgame and they know that there's financial collapse and so they're getting ahead of it to make sure that they're securing... I think that's exactly what it is. I mean, I, I think that that's... It's not just the politicians and the wealthy people that are doing it, but you can actually read the, the, uh, the bills that they're pushing. You know, they're printing infinite amounts of money because they understand it's endgame. And, and the politicians are just saying, okay, well, if we can hold on to power a little bit longer by printing and, and shoving money into people's bank accounts via UBI and all this shit... Um, it can it can allow us to still be in a position of holding the levers of power, so that when it's really bad, we can implement, we can propagandize the people to allowing us to implement a system that maintains our power structure. That's I think that's the most logical answer. That's that's my belief. But do you think they actually? Have, like, do you think they planned evidence. out this vaccine, or they planned out releasing a virus to kick the, start this thing? Like, do you think it was that nefarious? God, man, it's a really big question, and. I would be lying if I said I think it's impossible. Like I think I think it's a possibility because it's so perfect the way the way the way it happened and the way that they capitalized on it to to shut down the economy, make us all so reliant on the government. Like, could you have thought of a better way to crush dissidents than to make them basically everybody need that government paycheck to survive because you can't go to work. I mean, there was, there was record unemployment because of it. It was very rapid. It went from like 4% to 10% very quickly. And, and you're in a position where you can print and just send checks to people and be like, look at us. You know helping. what's so weird about the unemployment thing? I remember during the subprime mortgage crisis, how many professionals you would meet who were out of work, how many people that were hurting. It was tangible. It was like living in a, in a recessionary environment. Yep. And everywhere you went, it was a flavor. Like we're going through a recession. I never go anywhere where someone seems to be like, oh, shit, I lost my job and my life is... Like, I just don't... That's true. I mean, it, it's, it's very complicated because the, because the economy was shut down, they, there became shortages of goods, which made pay better. Right. Because, you know, employers still have to compete to get people to get off their couch and go to work. So those that did continue to work or were willing to shift jobs, their income increased. But right. you have an inflationary period, too, where that do those dollars don't buy as much because right. there are shortages of goods. Um, so there's just a, a lot of countervailing factors that like keep this ship afloat. Uh, I just don't think it's sustainable. You, you can't do it. You just can't shut down the fucking global economy. And, and keeping in mind, there was I, I did the math on it. I read the World Economic Forum figures on it, and it was it was basically 10% of the global economy that, that was shut down. So when they say it was a lockdown or like we shut down the global economy, it didn't really happen. But even 10%, look at the price we're paying. Right. Look, look at the amount of shortages that we have in goods. Had there actually been a lockdown for seven, eight months like they pretended there was? Forget it. I mean, we would have all been starving. And w by the way, we can even just see the solidifying of power amongst uh, like the elites because you, your small restaurant, your small bit, like the smaller you were, the more likely you were to have government say you're not allowed to it, operate. And the larger you were, yep. the more favored you were, where like Amazon just got to do what it does. This is the other thing that makes me believe it's a conspiracy is because what better when you when you already know that you hold the levers of power when it comes to big business, right? And then you crush all small business and you make big business more powerful, but they're also more in tow to your, you know, your gifts, right? Uh, it's just a perfect recipe. 
because it, it, I was a small business person. I shut down my business. I know a lot, lot of people did. And the big business got more powerful and, and got more money. And the government got more powerful and it got more, you know, control over things. So it, it all adds up in a way that, like, is it possible that it's just, yeah, there was a virus and it was accidental and we saw this as an opportunity to capitalize on it? Sure. But then you see Fauci. You see the fact that he funded the research and then he lied about it. Why lie about it? If it's, if it's all... If it's all bullshit, if that whole thesis that the lab leak theory is, is, is bullshit, why? Why not be honest? But say, yes, we were doing gain-of-function research. The Chinese uh, didn't have protocols that were acceptable, and they made a mistake, and then they covered it up. Do you think we get to a point, and we'll do two more questions, we'll call it, because I've exhausted the shit out of this room. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you think we actually get to a point where the consciousness of America turns and Fauci actually gets like ousted in disgrace, where everyone realizes, hey, that guy lied to me. I thought it was happening in February, March. Like right. I don't know if you remember, but there was a couple news cycles where they were like destroying Bill With Gates. With the dog things, particularly. Yes. Yeah. I honestly, when when that came out and he wasn't like strung up, right? I kind of gave up hope that the American people have that in them. I think that the only time you're going to see the American people violent and in the streets is is when they can't eat. No, it's not the dogs, because they didn't do it with the dogs. Right. I think it's when people can't eat. I think that's yeah, the only... Yeah, actually economic hardship. Yeah, and, and as long as the dollar is capable of purchasing your Uber Eats... You're not... No one's revolting. Yeah. All right, so I kind of regret the Adderall I took, because I was a little too focused <laughs> for this. We for sure could have done this podcast in the afternoon, because it was way headier than what we needed at 2 in the morning Bro, drunk. This is what I do. It's all good. Dude, uh, Mexican Ritalin is something else. This is like, I mean, uh, this is my favorite thing I've ever done. Yeah. Right. No, Mexican Ritalin's the the real deal. I recommend everyone immigrate to this country and ruin their lives and just do this forever. Uh, What was it called? Uh. Metifinitado. I don't know. I, I feel like, all right. I'm pretty sure that's Spanish for methamphetamine. Well, then I am into meth. I mean, I, it sounds just like it. So. I get it. Um, we'll close on this. Ghislaine Maxwell. Yep. So it seems Titties, to me. I know what you're talking about. She's, Let's she, talk about she, them. She's bringing kids in. And then from what I understand, she's teaching them how to service men. I feel like yeah. if you were ranking women... <laughs> She might give the world's greatest blowjob in all of humanity. Do you know that she bragged about blowing dra- George Clooney? Yeah, dragging George yeah, Clooney yeah. into it. In a, a but I'm bathroom. just saying, like, I bet, like, because what would happen is I bet, like, it, like someone's blowing a world leader and they can't get him off, and like she's like the relief pitcher, like she'll step in. Yeah. I, I bet she had skills like no one else. I can't, I can't even imagine how good she must have been because yeah. she is getting the most powerful people in the world right. to have compromise against themselves. Yeah. So she must suck the life out of you. Like, oh, my God. Like, literally. Like, like, like you pass out afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's got to be. I, like, I'm serious. I mean, who else could you even compete against this chick? Like, I feel like... And she's got this weird sophisticon energy to her that almost makes her more attractive than she is. Right. Especially if you take a step back and she's garbage and, like, you know... T- well, because she goes to a, a white tie and black dress, dress affair, yeah. and then she sucks the life out of you. She's and got like, the big British a, tits. She's got the heavy accent. She's dressing yeah. fancy. And, you know... <laughs> the Joey Chestnuts of Elite. All right. Whoever was hanging out with us in the chat, I appreciate you guys. We are going to call in an episode. Uh, thank you for uh, putting together the Say Elite Super Spreader. This was an absolute blast. And, Shout uh, to Johnny Profita. Uh,
now I'm going to lay down and discover I can't sleep until my flight tomorrow. <laughs> this was fun. Thanks, everybody. Peace. Out. Oh.